Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Listening to the Cattle Station Classroom Podcast, where we learn about the North Australian beef industry and answer your questions. So it doesn't matter how far from town you are, because we're bringing the classroom to you. Welcome to the Cattle Station Classroom Podcast. In today's lesson, we are going to be learning about surgical spaying of beef cattle. Spaying of cattle is a widely practiced husbandry procedure in Northern Australia and will continue as the only low-cost method of contraception until new technologies become available. Long-term contraception of cattle can benefit the welfare and production of animals where females cannot be segregated from males and in other limited circumstances. In extensive pastoral conditions, contraception enables cull females to survive and achieve marketable body condition by preventing the stress of mismanaged pregnancy, calving and lactation. In this episode, I'm going to be joined by Dr. Dave Morell. Dave is the founder and owner of Broom Cattle Vets and has over 40 years experience as a small, large and exotic animal vet. Dave actively participated in the tuberculosis eradication campaign and is an active member of the Australian Cattle Vets and Northern Australia Biosecurity Surveillance Network. In preparation for this episode, I used resources from the Australian Veterinary Association, Meat and Livestock Australia and the Australian Animal Welfare Standards and Guidelines, all of which are linked in the show notes below. Dave, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Stephanie. Before we get into the how, let's start with the why. Why do people spay cattle? Spaying cattle is the act of removing their ovaries, or these days it can be extended to, you know, maybe removing part of their fallopian tube. It's been practised in extensive pastoral areas ever since they've been running cattle in extensive pastoral areas, 100 years. And the normal reason that spaying is done is to cull the undesirable females. So if you've got, perhaps you're trying to increase the genetics of your herd, perhaps you might be going to a drought master or a Brahmin herd and you want to get rid of the shorthorns in cattle in your herd. But those pesky shorthorns just keep getting in calf uh, and so you never get rid of them. But if you cut their ovaries out or you cut their fallopian tube so they can't get in calf, then they'll fatten up and um, you can sell them the next year or in two years' time. So up here where there is minimal bull control, um, you can't guarantee that a bull won't get a cow or a heifer pregnant. 
no matter how good your fencing is. The bulls will jump in and get them pregnant. And if you want to get rid of those females, the spaying is one way to do it. Now, spaying doesn't do anything that good fencing. If, if you've got terrific fencing and you can keep the bulls out, well, spaying is, it doesn't do anything for the animal except stop them getting pregnant. Some people think, oh, by spaying them they get fatter, but the only reason they get fatter is they're not lactating and they're not carrying, carrying a calf. So it's a tool that enables you to get rid of the females that you want to get rid of to, to, to cull. And that might be heifers or it could be old cows that you want to get rid of. It could be genetically inferior cows. It could be genetically inferior heifers. Um, it could be just because you've got too many heifers and you've got to get rid of some of them. And if you don't spay them, they'll keep getting in calf and you can't sell them. So... Essentially, unless you're able to build Fort Knox to keep bulls out, whether they be your own or, or wild bulls, the best option for ensuring these cattle don't get pregnant is to spay them. Yeah. And so when you say you wouldn't be able to um, sell them if they came back in with a calf, why is that? Or if they came back in wet? Well, if they were sort of poor genetic specimens, then if you don't want them, somebody else probably doesn't want them. And you can't sell them to the meatworks because they're in calf, so you've got no market for them. Um, you know, if you've got particularly good genetics, then you probably can sell them to someone in calf, you know, cow and calf, and you, and, um, you can, you don't have to spay her to stop her getting in calf. So if you have a wet cow with a calf on her and you want to get rid of her by, by spaying her, she comes back next year, you take the, you take the weaner off her, um, she's not going to be in calf again. She's, and because she's not lactating her in calf, she's picked up condition, and then you can sell her. So alternatively, if she wasn't spayed, there's a chance she'll come back in pregnant or with a little baby. Well, she'll come back in pregnant um, or, or with a baby at foot, and if the baby's too little, you can't take it off her, and then she has to go back out to let that baby grow, and it just keeps going on and on. That's right. The cycle perpetuates. So, uh, well, you might wean the calf off her, but if you don't spay, she'll just be in calf again, and um, and you won't be able to. S- generally, you won't be able to sell her when you wean the calf off her because she won't have enough condition, uh, unless there are people chasing cows like that, which happens occasionally. But generally, once the calves weaned off, and they won't have enough condition, so you can't sell them. You can't sell them to the abattoirs. You can't sell them for live export. So you send them out, in, you know, back into the paddock, back bush, and they just get in calf again. High fertility is something that I think everybody strives for, but I think it can be a bit of a double-edged sword for some cattle. Say if you're 15 and you come in with a calf and they say, all right, you've done good for us, girl, next year, you know, we'll retire, you go to market, and then next year she comes in pregnant again, so you can't sell her. And I I think is is spaying potentially for some of the older cows a, a way to give them a bit of a break as well and ensure that they can actually pull up before they get too old and too poor from having so many babies. That's correct. Yeah, their teeth fall out. You, you need to cull them when you can still get a return on them. You still get a price for them. So whether you cull them by just, you know, without spaying or whether you spay them and cull them the, the next year. But, yeah, you need to do that before they lose their teeth or get to such a state that spaying them doesn't lead to an improvement in condition because they're just too old. And then it becomes a, a you know a waste, you know. A, whereas you need to get rid of your cattle before they get to that stage. Just as you want to 
get rid of them before they pass away, before they die. So on the one hand, there's certainly a commercial advantage from the business perspective, but there's also an animal welfare aspect. It can be in the best interest of the animal. Yep, yes, I agree with that. What methods of spaying are available? How do you do this? Well, in days gone by, and I actually wrote a poem about this called The Cattle Spayer, where he's spaying cattle and they put a steer up to him. Um, <laughs> but he, he's smart enough to know what's going on. I probably wouldn't notice, to be honest. I would just go in through the poem and be like, oh, empty. <laughs> but in the old days, it was always what we called flank spaying, where they cut a, cut a hole in the hide on the side of the animal, behind the ribs and in front of the hip bone, and then they cut and punch through the muscle into the and then put the hand in the abdominal cavity, find the ovary and, and cut it out. That was flank spaying. But also in the old days they did what was called, um, we called it passage spaying, which was vaginal spaying, where the operator cuts a hole in the uterus, a you know, above the cervix and puts his fingers or his hand in and finds the ovary and has a pair of spaying scissors and uh, and cuts the ovary out. That's a bit more invasive because they have to put their fingers or their hand through the uterus and into the abdominal cavity. Well, I suppose it's not any more invasive than than flank spaying, but you're, you're going through the uterus into the abdominal cavity and getting the um, ovary in and cutting it out. Uh, and that was called passage spaying. These days, and that that was done per the vagina, but these days we do the most extensive spaying method is Willis spaying. So you, the operator puts his hands in the rectum, finds the cervix, then puts a, a spear-shaped tool with a hole on in it and the end of it and a little... Uh, keyway that leads to a little sharp beast and he pushes that tool he puts pushes the tool into the vagina and through the uterus just above the cervix generally and then working through the rectum which is like sort of working through a car tire he locates the ovary and puts it into the hole of the spaying tool and pushes it up the keyway into the sharp piece and cuts it off and it drops inside the cow I know it's pretty hard to visualise what I'm saying. That's called Willis spaying. So you can't actually touch the ovary because the rectal wall is between you and the ovary, or the, or the, um, you know, the the intestinal wall is between you and the ovary. But the intestinal wall is is um, uh, loose enough that you can you can find ovaries as small as match heads through it, you know, and and you can. Put them into your spaying tool. Uh, although ovaries aren't generally as small as max heads, that's usually in only very small heifers. Ovaries are usually about marble size. In big, big Brahmins, you could get them as big as a golf ball. And then there's a, another method that is used, which is called webbing. And often, you know, as, as I said before, alluded to before, the station might be trying to cull the shorthorn cows, but they keep coming in calf. Now, when you flank or or willow spay a cow that's in calf, you're cutting the ovary out and the ovary might have quite a good blood supply and so 
we we don't usually Willis spay cows much over three months. You might go to, to four months because the mortalities are higher. You're cutting an ovary out without any hemostasis, without any attempt to stop the bleeding. So a small percentage heifers, it might be 1%. In cows, it could be up to 3 or 4% of those. I think 4% would be a high level, but um, those cows could die from hemorrhage. So, so that we don't will spay them, so that, so we don't have the deaths. But there's another system whereby you you put your hand in the vagina and you cut a hole in the uterus, and you put your fingers or your hand through the uterus into the abdominal cavity, and you locate the fallopian tube, and you cut out a piece of fallopian tube. Now the fallopian tube doesn't have a very big blood supply, so you can cut out an inch or two of fallopian tube and the cow won't die from hemorrhage. Uh, a very small proportion of them, if it's particularly hot weather, they strain, and some of them, you know, it sounds pretty terrible to say, some of them can have their uteruses, uh, their uh, intestines come out the hole that you've created in the vagina, and um, and they can die because of that, from, from straining. But... Willis spaying is done in pregnant cattle because there's less mortalities by cutting the fallopian tube than there is when you cut the ovary out. It's a slower method, and I don't like doing it. In fact, I can't really do it, and I haven't pursued it because I feel it's a bit of an animal welfare issue, and you could be in there cutting the fallopian tube and have the calf kicking you at the same time, and I just don't have a good feel for that but thousands of cows have been webbed quite successfully by people that do it yes i just wanted to jump in there i think uh just a, a slip of the tongue you called that second method willis but it is web oh, the, webbing. Last, yeah, the webbing. webbing the one that you yeah. just described so you say you go through the vagina for that one mm-hmm. um and i think i asked you in our preg testing episode why people go through the rectum not the vagina so you're obviously not putting your whole arm in there because you're going to hit the cervix so it's a tool that's going through the vagina and then the cervix into the uterus? Yeah, not through the cervix. Yeah, you cut a hole in the uterus, usually above the cervix. Yeah. Shows or, how or much to, I know about female anatomy. <laughs> two o'clock or ten o'clock. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah I, it just shows how little I know about female anatomy. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Okay, so we've got three. So would you say that uh, there's three main... Is it really the two these days? Does anybody still flank spay? Obviously, the older methods know. aren't as good but that's you know you do the best with what you've got at the time and as people learn and develop more we've learned better ways of doing things yeah i don't know anyone that flank spays now but there could be some places um you know in the territory that i'm i'm unaware of um with frank spaying you obviously have to stitch up whereas with willis spaying you don't have to stitch up afterwards willis spaying can be quite quick a good operator will do 50 or 60 an hour uh, my vet partner Bryce, he did 800 in a day last year at um, Kalani Station and I have heard of people doing up to a thousand, spaying up to a thousand, I've never, it's that's sort of second hand you know, hearsay but it certainly wouldn't be impossible um, but most operators would be happy with three or four or five hundred you know, and 
cows are a bit slower so you don't do as many heifers are a bit easier shorthorn cattle are a bit slower so you don't they've all got their idiosyncrasies but willow spaying you can get through quite a large number whereas flank spaying the best flank spayers probably never did too many more than 350 or, or maybe 400 a day and they would have had somebody stitching up for them and when you're webbing when you're cutting the fallopian tube um a really good operator might do 300 or 350 a day. Uh, you know, uh, I know Bryce does some webbing and he's battling to do, you know, 250 a day. So with Willis, that's where, so the Willis dropped ovary technique. Yes. That's where, you, so you're, you're cutting off the ovary and it's just gone off. Uh, what is stopping? You said there is a very, very, very small percentage of cows that may hemorrhage, but for the rest of them that don't, what is stopping them from doing that? Is that just, does oh, they're it just all hemorrhage. Oh. But but it, they may only have a very small blood supply, and that'll that that'll clot. Yes. Okay. So and and the hemorrhaging will stop. Yeah. Little heifers, they've probably got a, a minute blood supply, so they you have minimal losses there because there's very very little hemorrhage. But bigger cows, they'll all, they'll all hemorrhage, but they might hem you know they don't hemorrhage enough to, to have yeah. more. So they all they all bleed, but eventually it clots. Yeah. Is that the same with web? That when you cut out that part of the fallopian tube, there'll be some blood, but then it, oh, it just it stops. A tiny, tiny, tiny amount of blood because the fallopian tube has a very minute blood supply. So basically, there's no bleeding with webbing. There'd be more bleeding where you're cutting through the uterus. Okay, so they all have their pros and cons. Um, from what you've said. It sounds, I suppose, perhaps if a cow is pregnant, um, there's less chance. So if a cow is pregnant, webbing may be more suited in some instances because there's less chance of... Was it webbing or willis that was... No, no, webbing. There's less chance of having bleeding with webbing, yeah. Yeah, and so, so if a cow is not pregnant, you can kind of go either or, but if she's pregnant... Um, there's less chance of losing... Is it losing the cow or losing the calf for web? Uh, losing the cow, web? yeah. Is, yeah. From, from and so what is... And that's, mortality from hemorrhaging. Yeah, and is that just... So because she's got more blood flow if she's pregnant? Yes. Yeah, okay. So when a cow's pregnant, she's got more blood flow. Uh, webbing, to, to the ovary. To the ovary. Yeah. So, if, so you've got a pregnant cow and an empty cow. If you willis them both, they will obviously hemorrhage, but hopefully stop. But the pregnant cow is going to have more blood flow, so there's more chance that of mortality. Of mortality. So for pregnant cattle, perhaps sometimes a webbing may be more suited. Whereas yeah. if you're not pregnant, it's whatever. Yeah. Whatever. But there'll be less mortalities back. when you web pregnant web. cattle, and some people even maintain they prefer to web um, cows that aren't pregnant, fat cows that aren't pregnant, because um, even fat. Empty cows, you're, there's less mortality from webbing than there is from willow spaying, but webbing is a slower, more difficult procedure. The rules regarding surgical spaying and who can perform it vary among the states and territories, so always check with your local veterinarian to ensure you are up to date with the code of conduct and the animal welfare standards relevant to your area. To learn more about spaying and how it can be helpful for your herd management, contact your local cattle veterinarian. Music.